Let's just stand and give God all the, all the glory and the praise. Amen. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are up about Remember those walls that we called death and grave They were like mountains that stood in our way 
Church. Hallelujah. Get ready for 
church. Go gather jars. Gather jars. you're going to do. We are excited, Lord Jesus. We know it's going to be good because you're a good God, and that's all that you do is good stuff. And Lord, we're not calming down. We're not, we're not pulling up short. We're not containing you, Lord Jesus. We are not going to contain you. Do whatever it is you want to do, Lord Jesus. Bust the seams of this place and bust the seams in our own lives, Lord God. We let you in to do whatever it is that you're going to do because, God, it is going to be good. You are a good God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Redeeming Love this morning. We're so glad you're here, whether you're here with us in these seats or you're here with us online. We're happy that you're you're with us and, and that we're together. Um, you know, we're a church that engages God, engages church, and engages culture. And the more we do that, the more we engage with God, the more time we spend with Him, the more time we hit, more times we hit our knees, the more we are going to want to engage each other, and the more we are going to want to engage culture. Because you know what? When we engage culture, that means we're bringing Jesus to people who might not know Jesus. And we want everyone to know Jesus. I don't want to go to my heavenly home saying that I never told anybody about Jesus. 
So, you know, that's, that's what this means. Get God in you, get church in you, and go grab some culture and then bring it with you. Amen? Amen. Well, one of the ways that we engage each other and engage church is through this um, card, this engage card. You would have received one on the way in. If you didn't get one, please raise your hand and an usher would be happy to bring you one. Um, just fill out as much as you can. Take time now or during the service and just, you know, put your name, your phone number, whatever, a way to reach you. And then on the back, there's prayer and praises. And again, we just love to know what God is doing and we love to know how to pray for you. So fill that out as best you can. All right, if you're viewing online on www.redeeminglovechurch.com, uh, there is an engage card you can link onto there and we really 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 would love it if you'd fill that out because we want to know who you are sometimes people online we're not familiar with you but we want to be we want to pray for you we want to know a little bit more about you all right membership is coming up this saturday the 29th from 10 to 12. if you've missed a class or you need to figure some things out on timing please don't hesitate to uh, call the church and ask for direction, but please sign up. We really need to know how many people are coming so we can prepare. So please sign up this week. All right, the road coming in here. It's a little road, so its speed limit is 25. We really want you to do 25, you know why? Because actions speak louder than words. There's children on that road. There's a, a woman who walks on that road we see all the time. So, you know, they put speed bumps in where I work because people were not obeying the 25. We can't do that, but we should obey the 25 because it's the right thing to do and we just want to be safe. So please, on the road coming in, 25 miles per hour. Um, Engage Kids VBS is currently going on and that is from zero to 12 years of age if you did not sign in in the hallway there the foyer when you come in please sign in get your tag but again it's for zero to 12 years old on the back of the card i just want to highlight the cleaning team we need some more people to clean the more people who come to church the dirtier the church gets so we need a few more people to come and sign up and, and be helpful in that way. Uh, tonight at 7, there is going to be a Zoom meeting for anyone who signed up for the CARE portal and wasn't able to make the last one. Uh, an email link should have come to you in your email this week. I can't see because of the lights, but Lauren Darling is here. She's back there. She's waving her hand. She's got a baby in her arms. See her, okay, if you um, didn't get it or if you want to be involved, all right? Um, we are going to pray and dismiss the kids. So if there's a kid next to you, just lift your hand and stretch out blessing. Lord Jesus, blessing, blessing, blessing upon these children and blessing upon the teachers as your word says, Lord, from generation to generation, we are going to pass your word down. We are going to believe that these kids are going to be pastors and prophets and evangelists and everything that you need to perpetuate your kingdom until you return. And we thank you for that, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. All right, Pastor Matt's going to be bringing um, his message on the, on the I'm getting tongue-tied because my, my, my mouth is very dry. <laughs> um, his message in the sermon series, Face to Face with God. So after these announcements roll, Pastor Matt will be up here. Thank you.
morning, church. How's everyone doing today? Good. Whew. You know, I, I get a little scared when prophetic words say, you know, God's going to do more than I can think because, I don't know, I can think pretty well. I can imagine pretty big, guys. I've got a big imagination. Um, that's good. That's good. Uh, interestingly, in the, um, the story there in Second Kings with Elisha and the widow and the oil, you know, he says to the widow, he says, what do you have? And she says, just a little oil. See, there was an issue. She owed money, and she didn't have anything with which to pay. And so he says, OK, well, what do you have? And so she, she says, I have some oil. I have just a little, a little jar of oil. And he says, go and gather as many vessels as you can find. I'm sure with a quick phone call, I could find a tank truck. <laughs> I don't know where I would call, but I'll make some. I'm going to find the biggest containers possible. I have a swimming pool in my backyard. Swimming pools hold 17,000 gallons. Let's go. <laughs> I told you, I think big. We, there's big. It's, it, so when you say bigger than we can imagine, uh, there's, that's not a problem. But it, there could be extenuating problems when, when bigger than I can imagine happen. Because I don't know what the ramifications of all of those things are. And so even in my. Uh, Recently, the Lord, um, there was another thing that Elizabeth said, expanding vision. And recently, this happened to me. I was, I was in a place, and um, you know, I know that I say all the time, we're going to see the city of Troy saved. We figured it's going to take about nine years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just nine years. I don't know how that works, but it does. I, I, I can show you the math. And the way it works is by each of us making one disciple each of us making one disciple. And then the next year, every one of us making one more disciple. And in nine years, we'll see the, whole, the entire city of Troy saved. And suddenly the Lord said, that vision's too small, the city of Troy. And so when I say city of Troy, I immediately know in my own spirit, but I, gotta, I have to verbalize it so that you guys can see it with me, and surrounding areas and surrounding areas. And so say it with me, and surrounding areas. And so we're going to see the city of Troy saved and surrounding areas. And so, you know, for the surrounding areas, it's going to take a little bit longer. But like within 12 to 15 years, it's still doable. The math is just simple. You just take it and just keep doubling it. And within 15 years, we're there. We're there. We're there. God wants to do something fantastic. God wants to do something uh, bigger and greater and more immeasurable than we dare dream, think, or imagine. We think too small. God is so much bigger. And we need to learn to not limit him. Man, wow. Wow, 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 wow. And so I, one of my efforts is to always take the limitations off of God. This is something that I constantly am mindful of in my own life. God, where am I limiting you? God, where do my thoughts limit your movement in my life? How, God, how can, I get, how can I get more of you in my life? God, is there something that I'm thinking that's limiting the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life? Is there something that I'm thinking that's limiting miracles, signs, wonders, healings, whatever it is that you want to do? in my life? Is there something that I'm thinking that's limiting your provision in my life? I can go grab another jar. 
It, God, is there something that I'm thinking? Is there something that I'm doing? And so it's this constant reflection, this constant, Lord, what do you want to do? God, what do I need to do? God, what do you want to do? God, what do I need to do? God, what do I need to surrender? How far can we go with this? But it all starts with relationship. So here we are with our sermon series, Face to Face. This is the last one in the series. And so I hope not to repeat myself, but I probably will just because <laughs> I, I will. But um, face to face with God. What, and so as we enter into this last sermon series this, today, we've been talking about this deep, intimate relationship with the Lord for, for three weeks now. Today's week four. And so I just want to start with a question. Where's your, where is your relationship with God? When was the last time you sat down and got face to face with God for an hour, for three hours, for eight hours, for three days uninterrupted by a phone call. I know this isn't something that maybe you can do every week maybe once in your life you'll get three days where you get to go and spend time all by yourself with God. If you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. Something I do every single year, at least once a year. Uh, I just can't get an, I don't, I, uh, if I could, if I could pay you to go and do it, I would. <laughs> because the reward that you get far exceeds whatever it costs you to put in to go and get there and spend that time with the Lord. Face to face with God. When was the last time you spent a large amount of time just sitting and being with the Lord? Some of us, I know some of us, we, we haven't even trained ourselves to do that for more than an hour or two. And so what I want to challenge you to, to today also is that you train yourself. Learn to do this. Don't, don't let this sermon series go by and you say, ah, ah, that's not for me. No, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for everyone. This is what God wants with everyone. Seven billion people on the planet. He wants this deep, intimate relationship with everyone. It says in Psalms, it says that uh, Moses was acquainted with God's ways. Uh, it says Israel was acquainted with the works, but Moses was acquainted with his ways. Moses had a relationship that was so much deeper than, than what the Israelites had. When the, when the fire and the smoke descended, God brings his people out, out of Egypt, and he brings them to Mount Sinai. And here's the moment. God is going to be with his people. He's going to be with them. He's going to have this relationship. He brings them out to worship. He brings them out to this mountain. The fire of God descends upon the mountain. There's smoke, smoke and thunderings and lightning. And the people of Israel, they get afraid, and they say to Moses, you speak to God, but we're not going to speak to him lest we die. And so Israel turns away from the relationship with the living God. Jesus came back and said, hey, it's, it's, it's on. It's on. And it's on for anyone who wants it. Yes, he is a God of lightnings and thunderings. Yes, he is a God who is dangerous. 
Yes, he is a God who we should be fearful of, reverential awe. We should have holy respect for him. Yes, if we enter into the Holy of Holies with sin, we could die, but Jesus. And with God, there is mercy and grace. There is this drawing from the Lord, drawing us into this relationship. Drawing us in. Will we say yes? So today's message is entitled, God in me. God is in us. God is in, in you. He's in me. It says that the dwelling place of God is with men. It, with men. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Jesus lives in my heart. Christ lives in me. God lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. God lives in me. God is no longer about temples and buildings and edifices, any kind of a structure. He's not about it. He's about you. He's about me. This, this is the building. This is the house of God. This is the temple. This is Bethel. This is where he longs to live and dwell. And we just got to give him space. We have to invite him in. And we have to give him space. <laughs> Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Christ is in me and the Holy Spirit's in me. We're going to have a party up in here. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? There's this reoccurring phrase whenever we talk about God being in us, that you're no longer your own. I've been bought with a price. I've been purchased. I've been paid for. Jesus paid the price for me. Jesus paid the price for me to have relationship. Jesus paid the price. I am no longer my own. I don't get to do what I want anymore. I do what God wants. But what God wants and what God wants for me is the best thing that I can imagine. He gives good gifts to his children. I'll gladly no longer be my own. I don't want to make decisions anymore. I'll just ask God what to do. We still have to play a role, make the be, part, be part in the decision, and we ask and we hear the Holy Spirit. It's not that we don't do anything. It's not that we're not, we don't think things through. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This right here is now the temple. The temple. In case you're unaware, 30 cubits high, 30 cubits wide, 120 cubits deep, covered in gold. When the Romans came, Jesus said, do you see that to his disciples, the disciples showed him the buildings. Look at the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you see these, building, these buildings here? He says, I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left upon another. Well, they're all going to be torn down. The temple is going to be torn down. This was the great temple, Herod's temple. It's all going to be torn down. Why did they, the Romans came? They sure did. They tore it down. Why did they tear it down? Because there's gold all over it. Soldiers wanted the gold. 
If you go to the if you go to Jerusalem today and you walk up on the Temple Temple Mount, there's still columns that they had in the colonnade, Solomon's colonnade, and there's pillars there, these huge marble pillars and columns, and in the crevices of the stone, there's still gold there because they couldn't get it all out. <laughs> there's still gold there two thousand years later. Because they couldn't chip it all out. They couldn't burn it all out. They tore down the building because they wanted the gold. They tore down the building because God allowed them to tore down the building because he was no longer about a building. This is where he wants to live. This is where he wants to live. The gold was just a means to an end to be able to get the building torn down. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? John 14, 16 through 17, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Say forever. Forever is a long time. The, the helper is going to come and he's going to live with me forever. 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 That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him, for he dwells with you. Holy Spirit dwells with me, and he will be in me. He will be in you. And so Christ is in me. Holy Spirit's in me. John 17, Jesus says, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in him, and, 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 and you in us. And so there's this, <laughs> there's this dance, if you will, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there, it, it's, I need some volunteers. So Pastor Tom, come on up here. Zach, come on up here. Fred, come on up here. I had to call Pastor Tom up. He's, he's, he's the Father. <laughs> Son, Holy Spirit. And so there's this dance, right, that we're invited into. It's this relationship of of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it's a relationship. We're all here together. And so everywhere as I go, they go with me. I go this way, Holy Spirit comes with me. Jesus comes with me. I go back this way and they're all coming with me. And it's this, it's this, it's this holy moment. And what does God want to do? He wants to dance with us. And we're going to do it terribly because I don't know what I'm doing. And we've never done this before, but we're going to keep going. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. But this is this. I know it's like we can't know. Yes. This is what God wants. Just this relationship where we're all in it together. Moment by moment, day by day, he's here. Jesus is here. Holy Spirit's here. God's speaking. I don't know if God the Father is here physically with me right now, but he's speaking even if it's through the Holy Spirit. And so we're all doing this together. I and him and you and me, we're all in it together. And he's in me. God's right here. Jesus said the Holy Spirit, or, I'm sorry. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. And we get to release it and let it out. God is on the inside of us. And so no matter where we go, we get to just release him and let him out. 
and let them shine on everybody around us. Galatians, Second uh, Corinthians chapter four says, if the, if the glory of the Old Testament, if the glory of the law, if the glory of, he, called, he actually says death, <laughs> if the glory of the covenant of death was so glorious that Moses' face shone so that he had to put a veil over his face so that people, because the people couldn't look at him. It says, how much more glorious will the glory of the New Testament, the glory of life be? Are you letting the glory of God shine through you? Is he in you? Is he in you? Is that in the song? I think it's in the song. Is he shining through you today? Are you letting him shine through you today? Do you make an effort to allow Holy Spirit to shine through, Jesus to shine through, for God to shine through in everything you do? See, if we have this relationship with God, and then we start walking this out, we're walking out this relationship, and then we're walking out this relationship as we walk through life, then when we come to a situation or a trial or a circumstance, I have an understanding that I'm still walking with God as I'm facing this circumstance. God's right here. He's right here. And so when I have an opportunity to do something, I want to make sure that whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment is pleasing to the Lord. Because he's the only one that I'm really concerned about. You guys can all be offended that I say something. That's fine. As long as God's not offended and I didn't, I didn't say something that he didn't agree with. And that carries through for the, all of the rest of my life. I don't want to do anything, any situation. Every, every situation I face, I always want to do the thing that God wants. Because he's the one that I don't want to leave. He's the one that I don't want to have leave. And I'm not saying that God's going to leave, but maybe even just the, the sense of his presence. David said, take not the Holy Spirit from me. When he had sinned with Bathsheba, he said, Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God, but take not your Holy Spirit from me. God, don't take your presence from me, please. It's the only thing that I want. I, this is the way I live my life. <laughs> Moment by moment, day by day, I want the Holy Spirit. I have to have him. I can't, I can't function. I, I just choose not to function without him. And so because of that, there's a consequence. Every single decision that I make, I want to line up with the word of God so that it lines up with what God wants me to do. It takes a, a little while to figure this all out. That, that's okay. And it takes sometimes asking your old person, what does it mean? How does this look? How do I do this? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. And so the beauty is, is that when we read the word, Holy Spirit reminds us of it. We'll be standing in a moment in a situation and suddenly we, we, scripture comes to mind. How did that happen? I didn't think I remembered that. I didn't think I re memorized that scripture. You didn't. It's Holy Spirit. Far too often, God speaks to us and gives us really brilliant ideas, and we just don't give him credit for it. Well, I've got a lot of great ideas. They're not, not, I don't, I, I'm, I'm realizing more and more that less and less of them are mine. <laughs> I, and I have no trouble with this. It's a proud man that can't admit that it's God's thoughts coming in me. 
had a friend, uh, and uh, I don't know why I'm telling this story right now. Uh, I had a friend, and his son, uh, they were, kids were little at the time, and his son was uh, throwing his stuffed animals all around and broke something in the house, you know, wasn't supposed to be throwing stuffed animals, had been warned twice. And so at this point, he says to his son, go and get the stuffed animals. We're all going in the bag. You're losing them for a month. So he goes and gets the stuffed animals, and he brings them, puts them in the bag. And as he's bringing what the child told him were the last of the stuffed animals, the Holy Spirit spoke to my friend and said, he's got three more that he's not telling you about. Holy Ghost parenting, anyone? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do with that moment? What do you do with that moment? You turn it, you call them on it, but you do more than that. You turn it into a teaching moment. Son, listen. Holy Spirit just told me that you have three more that you've been hiding from me. You tell your son that it was the Holy Spirit. Why? Lots of reasons. Number one, he's going to want to hear. Number two, he's going to be fearful that you hear from God. <laughs> I can't sneak anything past him. Holy Spirit talks to him. What a great teaching moment. I don't know. It's good. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all of the things that I said to you. I think it's the next scripture. I still have many things to say. It is. I still have many things. A scripture came to my mind I was about to quote. I'm like, no, I think it's the next one. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Now, however, when, the, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Holy Spirit is here. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you. He wants to teach you. And he wants to tell you of things to come. I told this story before. We were in an elders meeting in 2016. And we were talking all about you know, different candidates, people who run for president. And I had not said anything because I don't like political conversations. And somebody said, uh, Pastor Matt, what do you, you've been really quiet. What do you think? And I said, out of my mouth came, Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. This was nine months before the election. And I'm like, Nobody was happy. Everybody wanted somebody else. Everybody in the room wanted somebody else. Nobody wanted Trump. We still don't want Trump, except that we kind of need somebody like him to be able to... I don't want to go political. We'll end right there. I say all that to say that God spoke to me by the Holy Spirit about what was about to happen. And so if we're listening, if we're tuning our ears, we'll hear him. Are we hearing him? You know, when our kids were little... We taught them how to hear. My wife taught them how. She did it. I was an onlooker, proving the whole process. We taught them how to hear from the Holy Spirit. They came to us one day, and they were like, hey, we want to get our ears pierced. And I think our school, the school that we were sending them to, didn't allow boys to have pierced ears, which is fine. Whatever. It's neither here nor there. They both have their ears pierced now. One wears earrings, and the other doesn't. Anyways. We took this opportunity. They live in our house. They're maybe nine or ten years old. They can't go and get their ears pierced without us. We have power. But we took this opportunity to teach them to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so we quoted scripture and we said, well, your body's not yours. It's God's. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you need to ask God whether or not 
You can get your ears pierced. It's up to him. It's not up to me. It's not up to us. This is what my wife said. Okay. Kids are like, okay. You know, okay. God's merciful God. God's a gracious God. This works. It's not no. We can work with this. It's not no. And so they go out. They go to school, whatever. And so it was about a week later, one of the kids comes back, and they're like, hey, you know, uh, so, you know, I, we, can we, how did that end? Can we get our ears pierced? <laughs> what did the Holy Spirit say? It was about what Holy Spirit said. You, you're supposed to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. So the one son says to the other son, did you hear something? And my one son, the other son says, yeah, he said no. <laughs> and the, the other son says, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> This is a wonderful opportunity. We hold the cards anyways. They're not getting their ears pierced anyways. But we took the moment of, if they did get them later, that's fine. I say all that to say we taught them in this moment how to begin to hear from the Holy Spirit. Take, take little things, easy things. Teach your kids how to hear the Holy Spirit. Teach yourself. Teach yourself. I bring up that whole story because we taught our kids. I want to teach all of you. We have Holy Spirit Encounter Night. We come to welcome, listen, and move with the Holy Spirit. You have to, have to. Listen, I mean, you don't have to, but you have to <laughs> learn to hear the Holy Spirit. If you're not hearing the Holy Spirit, you just, like, that's job one until you start. And so do yourself some exercises. Figure it out and begin to hear the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to you about everything and about anything. And so you can ask him anything. God, what socks do I put on this morning? If you want to go there, go there. No, I, I, I operate differently. Okay? Uh, <laughs> if you must know, I have jackets, and I rotate through my jackets in a, in a routine, or I'll, I'll bump back and forth. I've got a bunch of them. And uh, then I pick out my shirt, and then the socks match the shirt. See? And so that's, I don't have to ask God about the socks. I ask him about the shirt. We could go in this backwards routine where we ask about the socks and then for shirt to match. But that's, that's unfavorable in my, in my mind. Like it just, it just works better for me this way. <laughs> it's, is it ridiculous? It's not ridiculous. I can't tell you the number of times that I walk into a place and even, and I'm, and I'm taking like, you can set church aside. I walk into a place and people are like, wow, I really like that shirt. Thanks. I didn't put it on by accident this morning. I prayed and I asked the Lord. I mean, I don't tell people that. I just, I just know that. Most people would think I'm crazy if I'm telling them and I'm asking God what shirts I'm going to wear. And it doesn't take me long. I look at my closet and I'm like, that one. Now, I could, you could just say, that's just personal preference. You're just picking a shirt that you want. I don't think that I have the ability to pick just the shirt that I want and have all these compliments come my way. I'm not that good on fashion. But the Holy Spirit, is it such a small thing? We can hear him about anything. So, you know, if we had, if we had two minutes in a room right now, what would you ask me? And so we've got two minutes in a room right here with the Holy Spirit. So let's ask God. What's that question? What are, you, what, are you, what are you dying to know? What are you dying to know about what to do? Let's just take two minutes and let's ask the Lord. 
And so think that question, just ask that question to yourself in your mind. There's a situation that you don't know what to do with. So just ask the Holy Spirit. Was that just the longest two minutes of your life? We'll learn wonderful things if, we're, if we will allow awkward silence in our life. We will, we will learn wonderful things if we will allow awkward silence in our life. Many times you'll learn more about somebody through things that are not said or when you don't say anything than when you do say things. Giving away all my secrets up here. <laughs> so back to the, the exercise here with the two minutes, right? If you had asked me something, whatever it was, what question in your mind, I'm just going to hear the Holy Spirit for you anyways. This is the way I do it. I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously we give advice from the word. We know what the word says, right? When you heard something from the Lord this morning, as long as it's not illegal, indecent, or immoral, and as long as it lines up with the word, that's God. Right? As long as it's not illegal, indecent, and immoral, and as long as it lines up with the word of God, that's God. Way too often, we hear things in our spirit, we think things in our mind, and we just don't give the Holy Spirit credit. It's God speaking to us. We were traveling one day uh, out to a, a show, nursery show. This is back when we ran the nursery. And um, I needed a new truck, but I didn't want to buy one. Just 
They're way too much money. It was, the business was going to pay for it and everything, but you know, and I just, and then I just couldn't find just exactly what I wanted. And so I had gone, I had done some truck shopping, I had taken, I had done some test drives, you know, I like I was looking, and they were expensive vehicles, and um, I, I took a test drive, and they, it was a um, sixty. 60, uh, no, it was $59,000 truck, and they were like, oh, we can give it to you for 55. And I was like, mm, mm, nah, I'll pass. So just didn't set well with me. Had no peace about it. Found a really good cooker for 50 bucks that day, though. <laughs> yeah. So it was about a month later, month and a half later, we're on our way to this nursery show, and my wife's like, you need a new truck. What do you want? And I'm like, this is what I want. And I told her exactly what I wanted. Ba 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 ba. I gave her every everything that I wanted in the truck. And she says, Well, we're getting off the road. They have one at the dealership right here. We're getting off the exit. It's at the exit that we actually have to get off to go to the show. That's where this truck is at. Okay, let's stop in and look at it. So we stop in. We look. It was a sixty-two thousand dollar truck. It was more expensive, and they offered me the truck for forty-eight thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars off. Okay, well, you know what? Seeing as that that's the price, what what are you giving me for for mine? And so they gave me a boatload for mine that was broken down, and, and I'm telling you, I needed a new truck because it was broken. How did that happen? Is it was the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit led my wife to to look that up at that moment. We walked in. They gave me so much off on the truck I could buy another car. <laughs> I didn't. But we need to learn the whole. We need to learn to hear the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to hear the Holy Spirit in all things. There is a time, and then you don't need to be actively looking. You can do that. Some people do. You don't need to be actively looking. Just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will prompt you as to when to get up to go and do it. Just listen. We need to be a lot more attentive to what the Holy Spirit might be saying. And when he speaks, we need to be obedient. And more often than not, he's not going to talk about stuff or going to Marshall's to pick something up. He's going to talk to you about, hey, you know, this person really needs prayer right now. And what that might look like is that the Holy Spirit just puts somebody on your heart. You just can't stop thinking about whoever it is. Why am I thinking about them? It doesn't matter why you're thinking about them. Just start praying. Start praying. Pray, 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 and pray some more. Pray, pray, pray. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Just pray. Just keep praying. If, if, it, doesn't, if it gets worse, give them a call. Give them a text. Shoot them a line. <laughs> hey, how you doing? What's going on? Your intercession makes a difference. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you. I'm, I'm endeavoring at this point, I want to become more and more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so anytime that I feel a heaviness, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing right now? Lord, what do you want me to know right now? God, what are you speaking to me right now? And so I'm learning, I want to learn at this point, I want to learn to recognize just a simple heaviness of the Spirit that comes, that I might be able to respond and do more with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10, 19 through 20. But, they w- but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it shall be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. 
Holy Spirit speaks through me. And so Holy Spirit speaks through me, uh, hopefully all the time. I've quoted this before, I'll quote it again. Watchman Nee in his book, The Spiritual Man, says Christians should say nothing unless the Holy Spirit prompts them. Yeah, that, that's great advice. I mean, I, are we there yet? Most of us aren't. I'm probably not even there, there yet myself. But it's a good target. I always want to be listening for what the Holy Spirit might say. Always. I'm not going to take a vow of silence unless the Holy Spirit speaks something. But it, if, if, if I'm speaking, if I'm in conversation, if I'm hanging out with friends, I always want to be listening for the Holy Spirit. Because he's always up to something. How many vessels can you bring? When, when the widow ran out of vessels, the little jar, she, she, Elijah had this little jar of oil. And no matter how many jars, no matter how big the jars were, the little vessel just kept going. It just kept filling. It just kept filling. It just kept filling. And when they ran out of vessels, the oil stopped flowing. The jar got empty. But we live in a day and an age is that as soon as we make room for the Holy Spirit, he'll speak. And so are we making room? Is there a vessel there in our life? Are we making room right now? Is there a vessel here in the midst of friends? Is there a vessel here in the midst of conversation? Malachi 3.10, it says, uh, Malachi 3.10 is about the offering. You know that one. But in Malachi chapter 3, it says, there were those who spoke often with one another and the Lord heard and listened. It doesn't even say that these friends were talking about anything godly, but they were talking with one another and the Lord overheard their conversation and he's like, oh. And the Lord said, bring me my memory book that a book of remembrance might be written about them. Because friends are talking with one another. I want to be that kind of person. That God might overhear me talking with my friends and say, bring me my memory book. Did you see what he just said? Because the Lord's voice thunders. <laughs> Are we making room for the Holy Spirit? When, they're, when, they're, when we're in the midst of situations, are we listening for what he might speak? Are we listening for what he might say? Are we listening for what he might want to do? Because he's always up to something. He's always up to something and he's always up to something good. The enemy comes to steal, to rob, and to destroy. But Jesus came to bring life and to bring life more abundantly. God is all about the good. He's all about the healing. He's all about the, the, the more. He's all about restoration. He's all about fixing. He's all about setting free. He's all about releasing captives. He's all about setting minds free. Can I get somebody up on the piano? really feel like the Lord wants to do something here today. He wants to do something. He wants to do a lot. I really feel like he wants to do a lot. God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in times of need, in times of trouble. God is a refuge. God is his strength. God is a very present help. Are you relying on him? He's a help. How many times do we come to an impasse where we don't know what to do, where, where we're facing a situation where we don't know what to do? God is a help. And I'm here to tell you today, don't wait until the moment where you need God before you start to learn to hear from God. Learn from God now. 
so that when the time of pressing comes, you're ready. You've already trained yourself. The Marines have a, a, a saying, you know, the more you sweat in peace, the less you'll bleed in war. And so the more you learn now to hear the Lord, the better off you're going to do it. Your training will kick in. You talk to these soldiers who have gone through horrific battles and, and when they talk to them, they were like, I don't know, you know, the training just kicked in. They had fired the gun thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of times. And so when, it, when, when push came to shove and they were in a stressful situation, the training just kicked in. They do what they knew what they, they did what they knew to do. What do you know to do? Learn a new thing. Train yourself to hear from Holy Spirit. Train yourself right now to hear from God that when the moment of testing comes, you'll be ready. You'll be ready to just launch out. You'll be ready to, look, to, to, to uh, hear God and do what He wants. Psalm 46, 1 in the Passion Translation. God, you're such a safe and powerful place of refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. A proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. Always available. God's always available. God is in us. We carry him around with us. Everywhere I go. How many of you carry your phone everywhere you go? Everywhere I go, I have Jesus with me. You can leave your phone behind. And I still have Jesus with me. Jesus isn't in my phone. Jesus is in me. It's great. We get the weather. We get our songs. We get YouTube. We get everything. We get social media. We get... That's fine. Where's Jesus? Carry him. Be a carrier. <laughs> Be a carrier in the best way. 1 John 4, 17 through 18, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Wow. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment but he whose fears has not been made perfect in love. If you're fearful, if you're anxious, God's not been perfected in you. Love has not been perfected in you. See, we'll have anxiety when we don't trust the outcome of a situation. When we know the outcome of a situation, we don't have anxiety. And so when we, we get into a situation where we've been here before, I know how this goes, there's less anxiety. We don't, we don't have to become uncomfortable with that unless we don't like the situation, whatever it is. But when we learn to trust God, we can trust God in the midst of the situation because we know that He knows the outcome. And so a lot of times anxiety comes back to this question of how much do we trust God? How much do we trust God? Fear, fear is the expectation that something bad is going to happen. And so fear is when you are expecting something bad is going to happen. You're like, ah, there's healthy fear. 
But most fear is just an expectation that something bad is going to happen. When we trust God, we can have an expectation that something good is going to happen. Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I don't know what's going on, God. I don't even like what I'm seeing, but God, I know that you're in it. And I know that you're going to turn it around for good. I know that you're going to turn it around for my good and the good of the other person. God, I don't like the situation that I see at all. Matter of fact, I don't, I, I really don't like it. It makes me want to weep. But God, I know that you're in it and I know that you're doing something. Someone said this recently, I was listening, and they said, um, when we have a passion for God and it doesn't lead to joy, we'll fall back into legalism to try to control things. Joy isn't just laughter. We've talked about joy a lot, but joy isn't just laughter. Joy is the expectation of good. In the midst of trials, I know God's going to turn this for good. In the midst of unfortunate situations, in the midst of trial, in the midst of testing, in the midst of all of this, I know that God is turning this for good. I know that God is doing something here. There were 17 decisions, none of them included God, and they were all opposite of what God wanted. But God's going to take this bad situation that we created, and he's going to make something beautiful out of it. That's our God. This is what he does. This is who he is. He's a redeemer. He's a repairer. He's a restorer. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. When it's our time to stand before the throne in heaven, we'll have boldness on that day. Not because of anything that we've done. Not because of anybody that we are, other than the fact that I know that I'm loved by God. It's the love of God that gives me boldness in the day of judgment. It's the love of God that gives me boldness in the day of judgment. It's the fact that God loves me that gives me boldness when I stand before his throne. If you're here today, you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, you don't have this personal relationship with him, I want to ask you, I want to invite you to do that today. He's always ready. He's always willing. And there is no better time than right now to give your life to the Lord and to follow him for the rest of your life. If that's you and that's something you want to do, I want you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, that you would help me to live for you all the days of my life. I believe that you died upon the cross, that you were buried, died, and rose the third day, and you are seated at the right hand of God. I believe you saved me from my sins, that you heal my diseases and you set me free from oppression. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision, I'm gonna make, ask you to check on your Engage card. It says, today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, I'm gonna send you some information that explains the decision that you've made. The Bible tells us that uh, all of heaven rejoices more over just one person who repents, comes to saving knowledge than 99 people who don't need it. 
The last thing I want to look at in this scripture here is, is this. It says, because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And so when you read that scripture and you say that as Jesus is, someone say is, so are we in this world. Who do you think Jesus is? How do you see Jesus? Do you see him on the cross? Do you see him as defeated? Do you see him as buried? Or do you see him as resurrected? Do you see him as seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you see him in power and glory? Because I'll tell you what, one, one version is true and one version is not. And if we have the wrong version of Jesus, we're gonna live the wrong life. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is victorious. He is an overcomer. Jesus has uh, conquered hell, death, sin, and the grave. And he has seated at the right hand of God. And as he is, that's who he is, because he has defeated hell, death, sin, and the grave, because he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. That's who we are in this world. That's who he is. And that's who we are. That's who he is, and that's who I am. Jesus is an overcomer. He didn't just overcame, he is an overcomer. Revelation says, I am he who is and was and is to come. He starts with the present tense. He is an overcomer. He is the victorious one. He is the Lamb of God. He is seated with God in heavenly places. He is the holder of all authority. And as he is, so am I in this world. We have to get a clearer picture of who God is, who Jesus is. And as we do that, we live the abundant life. And so I just want to take a moment it's not too late. I want to take a moment. I just want to pray for some people. If you're here today and you really, you really want a, a, a touch from God, you really want hands laid on you, you want to be prayed for, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you down front. Come stand right at the altar, and I want to take five, ten minutes, whatever it takes, pray for people. So if that's you, if you want a deeper relationship with God, you just want hands laid on you for an impartation. You want the joy of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to come. You want more of this intimate relationship. You want to go to a new level with God. Listen, I, we, we were sitting at the table last night and we were talking uh, about a conversation that I had and it caused us to put on some old music that we listened to like 25 years ago. And it's funny because I haven't listened uh, 25 years ago, but I haven't listened to him in at least 15 years or 20 years. It's been a long time. And as we listened to the songs, we said to one another, my wife and I, we said to one another, you know, I, I can't believe how much I thought I knew God and didn't. I can't believe the revelation of God that I thought that I had, but it was so small compared to what I have now. There's always more. But we live in a kingdom where only the hungry eat. And if you're not hungry, you can't eat. So if you want more from God, I'll just say that. If you just want more from God, 
you know, this intimacy with God, it, don't think that it's not manly. I, I do all the manly stuff. I hunt, I fish, whatever. I, I've been in construction for years. I'm a man's man, but there's nothing that I want more than intimacy with God. David, above all, David was a man's man. And David wanted nothing more. There's, he would surrender everything for just one thing. One thing have I desired that he said, I want a deeper relationship with you, God. God, just don't take the Holy Spirit from me. There is a vast ocean of God that we are invited into. But we get to control how far we go. And so are you standing on the sand, barely touching your feet into the water? Are you ankle deep, knee deep? Have you begun to wade out waist deep, chest deep? Have you let go of the shore and thrown yourself in and immersed yourself? Because even then we're invited into the deeper depths of God. His glory knows no end. His glory knows no end. And we're invited into every, every last ounce of that. So I'm going to come through. I'm going to lay hands on everyone that's standing up here in the front. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Christ. Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy believe in miracles. They hand a preacher in a time like this a microphone and put him behind a pulpit. And they said two minutes. All right, offering. Hallelujah. Uh, there are several multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. Uh, check on the underneath seats. Guys in the front rows, you don't have to going to have to look behind you. Uh, there's a card to explain the different ways to give. And uh, I get two minutes. I'll maybe take one. But I was thinking about, you know, how many times I've taken an offering or blessed the offering. And I've gone through all the scriptures, and I was thinking, Lord, and the word habit came to my mind. What habit have I, since 1976, 75? The habit of tithing. And I, I said to my wife this morning, I said, I have an idea. Suppose we don't tithe today. And the look on her face, it's like she was going to bite into an eclair. Instead, she bit into a uh, sour pickled sauerkraut sandwich. You know, it's like, and she said, are you crazy? I almost expect her to start, you know, casting the devil out of me. But um, what habit do I have of following God? You know, Bass Pro Shop's going to be opening soon, and maybe I need to take some of my tithe and put it aside so I can buy some new, you know, some new uh, poles, some new lures, you know. My habit is God gets the 10%. And then by the Holy Spirit, if he asks me to give more, I'm just showing him that it's his, and he lets me keep the 90%. But a habit, it becomes regular. It's part of life. It's like breathing. No, I'm not crazy. Yes, we do tithe. <laughs> um, so, Father, I thank you. I thank you that we can give unto you part of what you've given us. I ask you to bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer and healing teams will be available underneath these screens if, if you want more prayer um, for healing or anything. Um, come and get it in Jesus' name. <laughs>